got the dummies, Ben and JJ, coming at you with wisdom from the Bible and beyond. This is Dummies with Wisdom. And welcome back to Dummies with Wisdom. What's up, Ben? Well, I just ran upstairs carrying a uh, cup of sweet tea and dumped it on my pants like the third to last step. So my pants are wet. I was wondering why you were looking down at your pants like that. It was a little weird. (laughs) So we're recording this on July 10th. uh, And this is just the same week that our first episode came out. And at this point, we're just writing up questions and things we see in here for ourselves to talk about. But we'd love to hear from people who are listening in and to to give us questions that we can uh, answer from from you rather than just us uh, blabbing Mm -hmm. on about what we think about stuff. Give us a like on Facebook, comment on on our one of our posts, send us a message, send us an email, dummieswithwisdom at outlook.com. All the stuff is at the end of the podcast, too. But we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what uh, your real-world questions are um, so that we can give us uh, the best shot at answering those. Yeah, the, more yeah. que- the more questions that they submit, the more we can do and hopefully get this to weekly eventually. Heck yeah. I don't know if we have that much wisdom to, to shell out, but eh, give it a try. I don't know. I do have a degree, so... <laughs> well you got you got the communications i have the biblical studies you put that together you really got something <laughs> oh, well obviously by the way i sound in this podcast i did not learn a whole lot during my degree so <laughs> i like it all right what question you got for me so we're not going to actually ask a question today uh we thought we need to give a baseline just for our thoughts and what we think about uh bethel church hillsong and elevation uh, because we're definitely going to be referencing these probably quite a bit um, in the future when we t- when we talk about uh, I don't know stuff. <laughs> nice, yeah. That's the same word I had though too. So I I mean just in our in our conversations we often uh, reference these. So we thought it, we really need to give a baseline foundation for what um, not only for what they are for people who might not know but just our opinion of uh, each and every one of them. So we're just going to quick run through uh, just some background information and just about who they are. So why don't we start with Bethel? Uh, Just the quick background stuff. It was established in 1952 in Redding, California. Uh, The current pastors are uh, Bill and Benny Johnson. Uh, Benny is his wife. That is a woman. Uh, They've been leading since 1996. Uh, It was created as part of the Assemblies of God denomination, but became non-denominational in 05. Um, they are the uh, the basis of the home church of Bethel Music and Jesus Culture. Uh, they also run the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, which we'll touch on here. They're part of the Word of Faith movement, um, and really the basis of their ministry. Um, from their website, they p- say, quote, It's our goal for God's love to be manifest in signs, wonders, and miracles. Some guys that came out, they were like Jeremy Riddle and Phil Wickham, some guys that I've always grown up loving to listen to and loving the stuff that they came out with um, they aren't directly uh affiliated though at this point are they at least they don't broadcast it i think riddle was originally one of the worship leaders right um, but like nowadays right now, they don't really through there so right um it just kind of surprised me when i heard about where they had come from um even me just growing up there was a lot of stuff that bethel had their fingerprints on that um i just grew up around and loved especially on the music side of things um there was some stuff more recently, I guess, that they came out with, like, you know, they'll be going out. And basically, Bethel's big thing is that they encounter, like, ultra-spiritual phenomenons, I guess, is, like, the right way to 
put it, but like going outside and, you know, seeing angels and waking um, certain angels from like, or like waking them up and yeah, and seeing like gold dust and angel feathers. And um, they obviously have everything within their services of a lot of the faith healings, different things like that. But some of the other things that we had pulled up, like the new passion translation that um, they came out with, what I think you found the percentage of it. It's fifty percent longer than the original. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't come out with it. It was some some guy, but they frequently teach and promote it. Um, Bill Johnson said it was one of the greatest things to happen with Bible translation in my lifetime. Uh, let me just go on record and say it's probably the worst Bible translation outside of the uh, the Jehovah's Witness uh, New World. Uh, uh, go ahead, yeah. Just go ahead and just read a couple. Yeah, the, uh, in a review for uh, Th- Thamelios, Thamelios, whatever um, how do you pronounce that? Uh, Andrew Sheed concludes that Simmons abandons quote all interest in textual accuracy, playing fast and loose with the original languages and inserting so much new material into the text that it is at least fifty percent longer than the original. Uh, so on and so forth. The result is a strongly sectarian translation that no longer counts counts as scripture. By masquerading it as a Bible, it threatens to bind entire churches in thrall to a false god. A lot of teaching about how it's always God's will to heal. Um, That's been one of their bigger points. We talked a little bit about their um, school of supernatural ministry, which is kind of in conjunction with their church planning organization. So Again, our big thing that we'll you know try to shortly get into, basically, our I think I could safely say for both of us, our big issue is that it's not like their church, their church planning, even this supernatural ministry that they've going on isn't centered on really Christ. It's centered on the miracles themselves, and it's centered on the power that we can receive supernaturally from those. Well, even this, the uh, the, the school says about the uh, the school of supernatural ministry that students will learn how to read understand and do the bible and how to practice his presence to witness heal the sick prophesy preach pray cast out demons and much more and i mean that in itself i mean just shows that it's not a yeah i mean i you and i would agree that most you know pretty much all of that in the right context is all legitimate stuff but there's definitely you you don't you don't teach somebody to do that you don't teach somebody to cast out demons you don't teach people to prophesy. That's something that comes from God. And this whole school, uh, this whole school mindset is making it much more of a me centered thing or a, it's, it's not pointing anybody towards God. Right. We're definitely not against any sign. I think both of us believe big time in gifts. So yeah, I'll just get to it now. Like we love mega churches. I'm just going to throw out there right now and you'll get it. We love mega churches. We well, think wait, there's wait, 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 a lot of really great me, things with me, that. Let me uh, do, we're not opposed to mega churches. There's definitely um, a lot of problems today with, with mega churches, but we don't believe that it's because of the theory or the philosophy of the mega church. Nah, exactly. We are, we love them in the sense that we have no opposition to them as a idea, but we aren't, right. you know, we're not pushing for, uh, for mega churches. We, we love small churches too. Like, we, 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 by definition, have no problem with them. Um, that being said, there are a lot of problems with most mega churches, basically because the reason they become mega is not good reasons. Yeah. It's tough. They're yeah. tough. To, it's not a job that I necessarily want to have, at least right now. Yeah. The Lord will, right. he can call me to that if he wants. And then just real quick again, like me and Ben are actually very much pro gifts, continuing on All the, whatever the you believe gifts. in that. The sign gifts won't get all into that but i mean even your thesis was on what was it on prophecy yeah leaving school and so definitely not against any of these things but 
we definitely believe that there needs to be a point to it, that the Lord needs to be behind it, and that's not something that you just willy-nilly teach. Well, it, we, um, we, would, we would say that you cannot teach it. It's something that's bestowed upon you by the Holy Spirit. I mean, Paul, Paul makes a point about not desiring the other gifts, but like basically using the gifts you have. Um, so it's not something right. you can teach. I mean, there's you can teach. There's definite parameters around things, too. Right, and you can teach people how to you know better implement their faith and everything. And maybe there are people that could prophesy or could be have gifts of healing. We're not going to go into the, all the theology there, but maybe that they just don't understand it. That's possible. Right. But that's not what their point is. Their point is very much, hey, anybody can do anything, which Paul right. directly says in uh, to the Corinthians that they cannot. And let's be honest, even if even if we could, like... Just look, just reading scripture, I think it's pretty obvious that there's more important things to go about doing. If Jesus wants you to cast the demon out of somebody, you don't need to go to Bethel school to figure out how to do it. Pretty sure Jesus got that under control. Amen. 100%. Rock on. All right, let's move on to Hillsong since that took about four times longer than what we meant for it to. Uh, it was established in 1983 by Brian and Bobby Houston. Uh, I don't know what it is with these mega church uh, guys marrying uh, women that it's hard to tell, but that is his <laughs> wife. Uh, Bobby is a woman as well. Um, uh, but they were, they're in, they were based in Australia, just outside of Sydney. <laughs> that was pretty good. Because I love because you're making fun of yourself for that the other day. And now we've got two, like names of women who were like it's like are they <laughs> they were part of the uh australian branch of the assemblies of god until 2018 they uh <laughs> they claim that they have over 150,000 attenders every week in over 28 countries so i mean they're that means that their reach is going into the millions through you know internet and podcasts and whatnot they're also part of the word of faith theology the little god theology uh brian houston holds the theology that we can speak things into existence I mean, it's it's called Little God Theology because it's essentially saying that we are like little gods. Point number two about their uh, worship vision says we are all about fulfilling our senior pastor's vision, not our own. Something not good going on there should never be about mm. the senior pastor's vision. Um, obviously, yeah. any church is going to employ the senior pastor's vision as where they're going, but that right. should not be said that way. It should definitely be we are fulfilling you know what God intends us to do, hopefully mm. through your senior pastor. Um, right. And those under him as well. Uh, they another big thing. They got various social justice programs with seemingly little to no emphasis on the gospel whatsoever. I have no problem with, uh, I mean, social justice programs as far as, you know, feeding the hungry or um, I don't know, empowering women to do something. I, like, I have no problem on yeah. at base level with that. It's the Racism. fact that they. Yeah, but it has no emphasis or very little emphasis on the gospel, which is my sure. problem with it. That has to be your drawing point with everything obviously brian has been a vocal opponent of gay conversion therapy and has made it clear to our pastors that we do not support that approach i got that quote from somewhere but didn't write it down so you know it's true <laughs> no but I, <laughs> nice <laughs> no but i'm that's that's a problem too uh hillsong new york city had a gay man directing their choir he was fired once he like publicly was going to marry a man and they had this whole oh we didn't know anything about it Supposedly they did all the way up to Brian Houston and just didn't really care. Um, that's not necessarily 100% certain, but people that were on staff at the time uh, said that they didn't know about it. Uh, just the fact, honestly, that many celebrities have attended or appeared at Hillsong really says something. Celebrities are not a great judge of theology, uh, for those who might not know. Carl Lentz, he was the one fired in, I think it was just last year, 2020, 
I didn't write it down, but I think that's right. He was the one in New York City that got fired for having the the years long affair with some woman. Um, mm. and so w- when that whole, whole thing happened, he was fired and everything. But Brian Houston said, "Don't judge anything too quickly. Time is a great revealer. Hmm. That's something you can judge quickly. If somebody out comes out and says I had an affair with somebody for years, Bible's pretty clear on that, boy. You don't need to yeah. wait on. But that's what's unfortunate with some of like Hillsong and some of the mega churches." You get a lot of this wishy-washy kind of back and forth stuff on, yeah. Like, what do you actually believe? You know, even with the gay conversion therapy. Like, I remember when that happened. Like, yeah, sure, they shot that down, but they again didn't really come out very hard stance on where they were at the theologically or even applicably how they were gonna advance that message. You know, and their yeah. ideals on that. They just kind of stayed pretty quiet. Well, that's the, all. All these, especially uh, these these big three churches, Hillsong, um, Bethel, and Elevation. These churches grow not because they're doing great works. It's because they're they're not. They won't offend anybody. It's all about mm. feelings. There's no hard hitting, you know, theology. There's there's plenty of churches that are big that have that. I mean, I think about like people like Matt Chandler, people like. Uh, uh, ben Stewart, even Greg Laurie, mm. to an extent, at Harvest there in California, you know they there's there's some churches that grow because they do a good job, but these ones that just grow absolutely massive are doing it by just be like you said, being wishy washy, not really taking hard stances, letting everybody be yourself, accept everybody, love wins, all that crap, and not right. taking a stand on anything because as soon as they take a stand, you're losing people, you're losing money, power, etc. But that was cool. Hillsong. Right. Why don't you move on to Elevation? Yep. Sounds good. So some Elevation stuff. Um, me and Ben were even talking just a little bit before this. Uh, we started recording. Elevation's not quite as in your face wrong. Some stuff we just have some, you know, concerns and some things that we're just like kind of on the edge about. I'll be honest to preface it. It would almost be better if Stephen Furtick took his church and made it into a ministry. Yep. I think a lot of our concerns would kind of go away if you would, you know, I mean, that's really what they're doing over there. It's kind of seems to be, they want this outreach kind of get people in the door kind of mentality. I liked what you were kind of talking about before to the, I guess, narcissistic um, nature of elevation and some things, a lot of things. And again, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds because a lot of this isn't my own personal experience, but living in Charlotte, heard a lot of people, kind of just talk like pastor friends talk about behind closed doors type of stuff with just the mentality of um a lot of the leadership of that church and just seems to be very um maybe aggressive is the right word if you're interested go listen to some he's got i think they've got podcasts on spotify and all their sermons are up on the interweb in whatever way you want to look at it but there's just a lot of stuff that seems to be just kind of it's either off or it just kind of comes across as wrong and a lot of like come on bro like really like you're just kind of almost like cringe moments and you're like ah that kind of that sums up his sermons well yeah (laughs) just come on bro come on use your brain um just just to kind of explain that just a little bit he uh he's he's said things like god broke the law for love that's a heresy called antinomianism where it's all about that god broke his own law by love with grace and everything it's it's not true but in in context, it's hard to tell if he actually meant that or if he was just like making an example. Um, he's also promoted modalism, possibly. That's the uh, the theology where the Trinity isn't actually three 
persons with one substance. It's one substance that takes the form of three beings at different times. Yeah, we're both Sorry. not super so, sure what he meant by it. But So, like, at, w- at one point, God might exist as God the Father. The next moment, he is Jesus, but not God the Father anymore. Anyway, like, Sir or, uh, Furtick quoted uh, John 16, 7, and the, where Jesus says that um, it's, it's for your good that I'm going away. Uh, and he, he starts explaining it and says, I'm not leaving you. I'm changing forms. Up until now, I have walked with you. But when I send my spirit, I will be in you. So I'm not leaving you. I'm just changing locations. And again, it's like... He's like face value. Yeah, he promoted like I I'm not leaving you. I'm changing forms. That's modalism. But when you listen to the whole thing, it's like I don't know if he actually means that or if he's just saying that Jesus isn't in like the essence of God is not leaving them, just the person of Jesus is. And if that's what he right. means, then he's right, but it it's just yep. foolish the way he words stuff like that. Yeah. And so again, you're just kind of like you're just kind of sitting there just like, "Oh, I don't know what to do with that." Um one of the other big ones is uh, the spontaneous baptisms that they've got. Um, they have like a how-to guide for how to do them all. But um, so there's that in and of itself that you know you can make biblical arguments for or whatnot. But then there's also like almost like a do you believe in the power of Christ? Do you believe in the power of the gospel? Because there's a lot. It's like in the how-to guide that you set up people to kind of like hype men to like be the four front runners into these baptisms and like you know get everyone hyped up and excited and go charge in the um stage and just get a whole bunch of people baptized it doesn't seem very like authentic uh yeah. when you just got a you know a bunch of people just hyping people you know, hyping everyone up and running on stage to get baptized not right. a whole lot of understanding not a whole lot of really even knowing what's going on um and then the my kind of last big one this is why i kind of say why are you a church and referring to the congregation basically he goes we need your seat we will not cater your personal preference in our mission to reach the city we are more concerned with the people we are trying to reach than the people we are trying to keep. Again, like if you're a church, that goes against everything I see in scripture about yeah, who a pastor, shepherd should be. Um, but I mean, if you want to make yourself a ministry, I mean, I have a whole lot of ministry leaders and friends who have that exact same mindset. And I really don't see a whole lot of issue with that because that's not your role. Exactly. Our problem with elevation really comes down to Furtick. Uh, if right. Furtick were to resign tomorrow depend we don't know where the church would go because we're not because the leadership is very oh that was the other thing they don't have an elder board they have a corporate board of other mega church yeah. pastors including Furtick, uh who make like the big decisions like his salary and everything which really says something when he lives in a sixteen thousand square foot mansion on 19 a 19 acres that was valued at 1.7 million dollars but uh our problem with bethel and hillsong is basically the entire organization while elevation seems to rest more on the problems with Furtick himself. Right. Before we go into this a little bit more, both these or all three of these churches are known for their worship programs. We're not going to go into all that stuff on this podcast. There's a whole discussion going around going on in the church all across the nation on to, as to what do we do with, with these three uh, bands. We right. obviously, because we are opinionated about everything, we have opinions on that. Uh, we might get into that in a later episode. We're going to stay away from that right now. It's just too much to put into one. So we're going to stick with those, uh, just with the churches themselves. You, you, we we have to yeah. remember that these churches became what they were because of their worship. Yeah, it's a complicated topic. So maybe one day we'll feel like getting into it. I'm going to make a very bold claim here and say, as an organization, we're not talking about the individual people, people that support them, whatever. I'm going to make the claim that I think we would both agree with 
that we hate with a righteous indignation the organizations of Hillsong and Bethel and what they stand for. Elevation is it's hard because they're not they're not to that same realm. They're not in like the faith healing realm. They're not like word of faith, but they're not good either. But they're not it it's it, it's it's hard with elevation because they're not so far off course that we can say, yeah, we we hate them as an organization. They're on the fence. They're always on the fence. Furtick sometimes jumps off the fence to one side or the other, but <laughs> I don't know. That's that. I mean, I don't know. I don't. That's I don't know about elevation. It. I have problems with Furtick, but can I write yeah. off elevation because of Furtick? But can I also not write off elevation when Furtick's leading it? I I don't know. So here's here's what I think. JJ opinion time. And this is just what I see from so, the world. So listen I to this for the for the dummies aspect. I'll I'll uh, counter with the wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> <That>, There's <laughs> a lot of truth in that. Let's just be <laughs> oh, shut um, up. No, there isn't. <laughs> um, Usually you're the what, smart one. I'm the idiot just making stupid jokes over here in the corner. <laughs> oh, shut up. Stop it. Stop it. You're so smart. <laughs> you're <an> <laughs> so anyway... Again, my opinion, but I look at a lot of just people's opinions and everyone's going to have a problem with something with everything. Everyone's going to have an opinion on what no. elevation should be doing or shouldn't be doing. People, what have, the Baptist people don't church. have opinions about the church. No, never. So anyway, again, my opinion, but I feel like we could go to any Christian off the street, pluck them up and ask them, hey, what do you think about uh, this topic and this church? And everyone's going to have an opinion about it. Um, right, and there's going right. to be this idea of right versus wrong and how we interpret scripture. But especially what with what me and you have looked at in particular to Hillsong and Bethel, that's where the big problem lies with us is that you can't we, we can't find anything in scripture to back up what they're doing. And so that's where we say as believers, you can't you have you have to abhor, I guess would be a good word for it. You have to abhor. No, I don't want to use that word. <laughs> no. I, don't, I, don't nope. like the, I don't like that word. Nope. It's, it's so, more, like, it's more like than what that, you though. Said, it's more than that there's not something to back it up. There's a lot to go against what they're doing. Like it's, right. it's not just a matter of, is this right or is this correct or incorrect, as far as right and wrong goes. But mm-hmm. it's a matter of, is this biblical or working against the Bible, working against the church? I think we would both argue that Bethel and Hillsong are do, doing exactly that. And I think that's where your word of hate comes in to play and we're going to try to get into it a little bit of yes we want we want to hate this ideology we want to hate what's being taught but i think so often and this is again my opinion too many christians especially when you start getting into the the right wing conservative arena we we think that we think that we have to cuz what's the, what's the scripture uh, help me out it's um uh we were just talking about it where paul is basically saying cast them to uh, oh no i don't have that cast one. them to the devil yeah you're there well there's two of them that i think you're actually referencing i'm not sure which one you're going for uh first corinthians 5 5 says you are to deliver this man to satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the lord and then he also writes to timothy among whom are hymenaeus and alexander whom i have handed over to satan that they may learn not to blaspheme well yeah perfect both of those actually apply really well and so what i think happens is that mindset and Christians, I guess on maybe say our side of the aisle, take that and now we get all these 
what's the right word like products and like we've got movies out and we've got youtube videos out and there's podcasts out and it's just arrows being shot i mean you could go on youtube and you could search what we're talking about right now and you're probably gonna i don't even know you probably get 50 people all who have opinions on all these different churches but in my opinion i think what the important topic is is how do we approach the leaders of these church or so-called churches i guess we could say that the followers of them the people within these organizations and the people who have been affected under their reach how do we approach that and how do we approach them as brothers and sisters in christ but then also potentially with an understanding of maybe there's maybe there's no understanding of the gospel at all in especially when we're talking the bethel stuff like it's it's hard to look at what they teach and give them a good claim of they really do understand the gospel of Christ. I think I think a way that Satan really works in this is the fact that we call them a church. When we when we call them a church, we are giving them a platform that they do not deserve at this point. I mean, even Albert Moeller, uh, president of Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, has said the Bethel is not a biblical church. And mm-hmm. when we when we treat them as a church that's just gone off the rails, we're giving them that platform to say they are still part of the capital C church. But honestly, they're they're not. When you're teaching every, things that are antithetical to the core doctrine, the core existence of the church, um, in which the, and they would argue that they're not. They would definitely argue that they're not. But they are in in everything we talked about. There, there's a lot of not even just a matter of necessarily uh, biblical theology, but even just the the like we talked about the mindset of the leadership and and just the way that they are. It's a matter of you guys are working completely against us. And we need hmm. to we need to stop. I mean, we wouldn't treat the uh, the mosque down the road as though it's a church that's just doing it wrong. We would treat them hmm. as something that is completely opposing to Christianity. And I think that's what we need to be doing with Bethel and Hillsong. Again, and that's not to say that we need to oppose every person who's part of that because there's a lot of people. I mean, we talked about it earlier. People who support them are either ignorant to what's going on, they're just completely blind to the fact that it's wrong, or they're full into this thing. There's there's good people in these things. There are believers in each of these churches. There's probably some good believers that are high up in these churches, but mm. they're not the ones that are giving the platform. And I think we need to treat them as a non-Christian entity and 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 work at it in that way rather than saying they're just a church that's doing it wrong. No. And honestly, again, not to go into the whole worship thing, but they've been able to infiltrate every single one of our church, not every single one, almost every church with their music. And I think that mm-hmm. even even that says something like, oh, if if, we, if you and I are going to sit here, and I don't want, again, we're not going to go into this whole worship thing, but it begs the question, if you and I are going to sit here and say, Bethel is not a biblical church, how can you and I say, oh yeah, it's perfectly fine to sing their songs in a congregation setting on Sunday morning? I don't, we don't have an answer right now. And that's why we aren't doing the podcast on it yet. <laughs> but we, <laughs> Exactly. Like I said, Bethel and Hillsong, I would say they're, they're not churches. They're not really doing anything that is really pertinent to the gospel. If you really dig deep, like not necessarily that they're not doing anything, their core is not gospel. Mm-hmm. Elevation is like, especially when you listen to older, like Furtick established the church in 06. And when you listen to older Furtick, he's got that core of, it's about Jesus. Yeah. And I think he's just a narcissistic fool. Mm. But I think his core is still Jesus. I just think it's being implemented totally wrong. I th- like, Right. Like I would say, like, like Bill Johnson, Brian Houston, they are wolves among the sheep. I think Furtick is like 
I don't know. He's just a cow that's also in the pasture, but not really either. (laughs) (laughs) It made sense though, right? Either really, but kind of. Like he's not, not. he's not really a good shepherd, but he's not a wolf. He's not even really a sheepdog. He's just, he's, he's a cow. He's a big old heifer. (laughs) (laughs) I see Bill Johnson and I see Brian Houston as definite wolves among the sheep. They are, I think they're definitely placed there at this time by Satan to draw people away from the gospel, to really disrupt the church. And they're doing, I mean, they're doing a heck of a job at it. I don't think we can really. Hang on, time out real quick. Is that the, like what you just said, is that what you believe? My only issue with that, when if it if it makes a statement like that, it dehumanizes them. It I feel like we're making if we're saying that Satan has placed because we can make that call about a lot of people, right? And if they do anything wrong, it's like okay, you know, the Lord's maybe you know handed them over to the devil to you know do something a little bit, but like I feel like that's that's part of that train of thought that I've that I don't like is that. We immediately, because we put people into that category, all of a sudden, Bill Johnson is no not only just in jail, like we've put him in prison and we put him behind this bar, we've dehumanized him. I think that's where he's at because it's not, again, it's not just a matter of he's doing something wrong. He's working completely against the church. So I, I, I don't think it's... I so don't think it's, my only question, my only question is if you're going to make that statement, you need to be able to back it up. You have to prove that he has shown that it's not just a, it's, it's beyond pride. It's beyond misunderstanding. It's beyond selfishness. It's a actual inner working of something supernatural that is driving him to do evil. But that you don't have to be driven to do evil to be placed somewhere by Satan. Right. But that, but you, but that's not commonly understood. Like that's that's a norm. Like if we if we do, but I'm not, I'm not saying he's that's he's, a norm. I'm not saying worldwide. he's possessed. I'm saying he was placed somewhere. He's being planned. Like, like that's he, like saying he's, he's being, a non-believer. I would argue it's, that. I, I, I don't yeah, know. I don't right, know. That's fine. I don't you know. You can make that claim. I don't, yeah, I don't know if he is or isn't. I would argue that based on what I see that he isn't because I don't think you can be this against the church and be saved. I think you can do stuff that's stupid. Like. Like Furtick, I would argue, I I don't know his his heart, his soul. I don't know, but to me, he's not working against the church. He's just being stupid. Bill Johnson is actively working against the church because he's he's working in a way that subverts the theology, the doctrine, the entire purpose of the church. Sure, and like as a listener, I can get on board with him not being a believer, but when you if you're saying placed by Satan, it it, cre- it creates the notion that you're not coming back from that, which is I don't agree with that. I but I don't I don't think we can't on. make it could be true. No, it could no, be no, true. No, we I can't know. make the claim. Over the next ten years, could Bill Johnson turn around? Absolutely, anybody could. But I think Bill Johnson is so enthralled in this that there's not because I. There's a difference between saying somebody is placed somewhere by Satan and someone is demonically possessed, which sure. that's a whole other podcast we could do on what that actually means. But I'm not saying he is that this is a supernatural demonic work that is manifesting itself in Bill Johnson. I think it's a matter of Satan placed him where he did in order to turn Bethel into what it is 
and make it huge. And I don't think you can argue that Bethel is not being used by Satan and therefore brought up by Satan in order to subvert what God has planned, what God planned for the church to be or Hillsong. I agree. I agree to an extent we're putting them as, I mean, they're the leaders and like granted they have put themselves in that position to be ridiculed in that way. And it's obviously not right. And so something's going to be said. But my thing is, I mean, I, 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 I gotta use this example. You take Paul, the murderer, on the streets of Damascus. It didn't take ten years for him to turn around. He was the like one of the least. He was the person that no one thought was gonna be able to turn around. Granted, he wasn't leading a mega church, but he was a Pharisee. He was leading the right. synagogue. He right. knew the word of God, and he was using the word of God to destroy the word of God. But then, on a road to Damascus, in an instant, life change, and change, and that trajectory changes. But imagine the person, what's his name, that leads him to Christ. Um, whatever that, look it up in Acts. Uh, the person that leads him to Christ. Imagine being that person. And if that person say we skip forward and say that situation happens today, and that person, in their mind, maybe he did that back two thousand years ago, but in his mind. Today, with everything, with all the information that we have, with all the YouTube videos that he watches, he dehumanizes Bill Johnson. All of a sudden, Bill Johnson shows up blind to his house saying that he had a revelation from Christ. But in the back of his mind, like, now the word's got now the Lord's got to work through him, you know, to actually preach to Bill Johnson the gospel again, you know? And so that's my issue of, but I think you, we but, have to be, right. I, I agree with your connotation. I agree with like, yes, like that is the direction that's going, but I don't see people as being hopeless, even when they're in that exact spot. And I feel like we make them hopeless. But to say somebody is being placed somewhere by Satan doesn't make them hopeless. Because in that same way, I think you can make the, the I, can, I think you can make a very strong argument that Paul was placed into the pharisaical realm uh-huh. by Satan and you, I mean, they stoned Stephen and then put their their cloaks down at Saul's feet. Like Paul, Saul was definitely being used by Satan before his conversion. I mean, sure. uh, like, yeah. like take, I agree, take, yeah. take that take that story. Like, act, think of that story as though we're living it. And Paul and Saul has not been converted yet. Like we sure. would be in that same realm. And I don't think it'd be wrong to say that Saul was being used by Satan. I mean, he was murdering Christians left and right. He oversaw the stoning of Stephen. Like that's that's definitely a satanic. Not that he was necessarily like demonized, but he was definitely in a situation that was being used by Satan. I, I think I think you can look at Bill Johnson, look at Brian Houston, and, and say those exact same things. I'm not saying that they're hopeless. I don't think anybody is really ever hopeless. But we have to look at where they're at right now. Like we 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 can't look at where they're at. It's kind of like dating somebody. If you're going to marry somebody, you're going to marry them for who they are with the hope that they're going to continue to progress in the faith just as a person, so on and so forth. Sure. You're not going to marry somebody for who you think they might become. In that same way, we can't look at Bethel and Hills. Yes, we hope that Bill Johnson, that Brian Houston, and everybody that's part of the problems in those organizations and Furtick himself really turn around and see the problems that they have caused, that they have created, and do a complete 180. We very much hope that. And not just them, anybody who's, you know, Kenneth Copeland, Benny Hinn, Joel Osteen, all those people. We, right. I, I, I hope with everything that they turn around and see their 
you know the the damage that they've done and, and work to work to correct it but i can't base anything that i'm doing right now on the possibility of that happening at the, i think i think it's it's foolish to assume that that will happen while still hoping that it will but we need to we we can't treat bill johnson as a possible future convert we have to treat him currently as who he is and judge him accordingly so so this is where i think i just i just disagree cuz i mean you made the majority of the point I, I i'm on board with you like for 95% of it but i mean i don't see what we lose from ho- like if bill johnson was I don't know, like a, a close friend or I don't know, my dad. And like, but I had this understanding. You'd have a different like, last name. I don't know. Name. I feel like I would have a different last name. That yes. is true. I could still be JJ. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying to look at the way that the Lord would look at a Bill Johnson and have a hard time wrapping my head around a mentality that says it's un- that something is unrealistic. If that makes sense, that makes like, no sense. What what do what do <laughs> I what do I lose from hoping that anybody comes to Christ? But we're not what disagreeing do I on lose? that. What do I? But like, what do you, you made, you made the on? claim? You made the claim that it's pointless to hope for. No, no, that it's pointless to assume. Why did? What, okay, so why does there need to be assuming? In the first place, though, because my point is that you're that if you assume that Bill Johnson is going to be saved at some point, or Brian Houston, or anybody else, you're going to treat them differently than if you assume that. I don't like that word there, though. You're going to treat them differently than if you just see them for who they are okay. currently and hold out hope. But st- you, like, in the same way, like um, Osama bin Laden. Let's go back to that example. Until he was shot by Navy SEALs. You can hold out hope that you know what he's a you know obviously a jihadist. You can hold out hope that hey maybe he'll come to to come to Christ. That doesn't mean we don't seek him out as the U.S. military and go in and blow his brains to smithereens. That's not to say I don't hope that Bill Johnson doesn't turn around, but I can't not treat him for who he is just because I hope that he will. Because I I mean there's nothing to say that he is. So at this point, as soon as there's like a glimmer of hope there then I'm I'm all ears. But at this point, I have to assume he's not going to turn around, but hope he does. Okay, I can agree with that. I think my issue at this point then wouldn't be with you. I think that's like the oh, majority. Oh, that's so sweet. If, you were to ask, if we were to ask a lot of people, <laughs> <laughs> I think if we were to ask the majority of people what their thoughts on this would be, I think they would take what you just said from a very defensive standpoint as far as what they believe and then very attacking as far as what is said about them, which is yeah. fine, but then there's no aspect of willingness and effort to go alongside anybody because if you... Uh, dehumanizing is just the word that's on my brain, but if you dehumanize Bethel because of what you believe slash heard about them, that inevitably that's my issue it it goes far reaching it goes it goes wider than bill johnson yeah it goes to an entire organization and like if someone says that they're all for bethel in your head you already put them into a category which i think is fine but you have to be able to match that with a with a grace to match what you already know and then be prepared to walk into a conversation people walk into 
encouragement of that person because I wouldn't go as far to say that someone who is a part of the Bethel movement might not be a believer. They may have proper understanding of the gospel, but someone who might go to a Bethel church, there's there might they might see some stuff and they're just picking and choosing at that point. But you've got a believer right. that's in there, but still isn't quite isn't quite there. So that's my issue is that you can't claim that everyone under that organization is going to be that way. I think this is kind of what we're, we've been shooting around but not really actually saying is that you and I and we would argue that everybody else too should hate with the righteousness of God the organization of Hillsong and Bethel while still loving the people there and understanding that there are a lot of people who are just they're they're part of it but they're not really part of it they're they're part of it on paper by name but they're not actually behind the whole thing I mean I know I know a lot of people who who love Bethel music and have no idea what Bethel stands for I think we have to remember that we can we can hate the organization, we can hate the ideology, we can hate the complete misinterpreted and misconstrued wrong theology without hating the people. And I think that's where that kind of what we've been talking about with Bill Johnson. He's just an easy one for us to to pick apart. Um but we can we can hate what he's doing, we can hate his beliefs, we can hate his leadership, we can hate basically everything about him without hating hi- without hating him as a image bearer of God. We can still love him and say he's a lost soul and we need to bring him back. But as he currently stands, we absolutely hate basically everything about him, not him himself. Right. And him slash all the people we've talked about, they're not the enemy. We have a much bigger enemy that we are fighting Let's let's give credit where credit's due. Bill Johnson's not smart enough to do this. Brian Houston's not smart mm. enough to do this. Joel Osteen is not smart enough to do this. Anybody, they're not smart enough to do this. It's it's powers of evil that are working through them. And that's not to say that they're demonically possessed. That's not to say anything beyond the fact of human beings are not smart enough to do the evil that they do. It's the work of Satan right. manifesting itself through people. Our own flesh and the world and even... Even the demonic powers, the devil himself. I, I, I think, honestly, just to sum this all up, is that these churches all have huge followings. That's undeniable. There's hundreds of thousands of people that are in, quote, churches like these. And um, even, even elevation I'm going to put into this quote, uh, Charles Spurgeon, very, very wise pastor from a couple centuries ago, he said that very church which the world likes best is sure to be that which God abhors. I, I think that's, that sums it up. The Bible talks constantly about that. If we are with Christ, the world will be against us. No, I like how, I like how, I like how you've got that. And my last little, I guess, parting shot, just kind of rabbit trail. Do your homework. This isn't just these churches. Every church along the entire spectrum has its issues, has its gaping holes. And the way we fight that is knowing our scripture, knowing who our Lord is, but then also being able to go into those places, especially if you're part of a local church, and coming alongside your fellow believers. I think we've talked about this in another podcast. You know, it's not just believers, it's non-believers too. We come alongside, we show them the love of Christ, and that's, I mean, that's that's how we're going to invade the world. So that's my last parting shot. Don't just look at Bethel and Hillsong and say, okay, cool, don't go to those churches. Be discerning. We should all be very in tune with what's going on in the entire church realm. We, 
you shouldn't just know what's going on with your own elder board yeah. and your own pastor and your own little mm. congregation. If you have no idea what's going on in the capital C church, there's a problem there. My pastor said something really great the other day. He was talking about end times theology and he said, you know, it's perfectly okay to, to look at all the uh, different views on everything and say, you know what? They all have merit and none of them are really popping out to me. So I'm not really going to claim to any mm. one of them. He said, that's perfectly fine. If you, if you just, can't really decide that's fine but he said it's not okay to not have a position because you aren't knowledgeable enough to have one so if if you look through all this right. stuff and you don't see as much of a problem as we do we can respect that but don't just sit and not care right yep do your homework talk about this with people i've had some amazing conversations with people who are all for elevation and all for bethel and all for hillsong and all for their first baptist church down the road I've had all the conversations, so and they're good, especially when you know what you're talking about, and we can all agree that we love the Lord and want to make a difference. So, that's enough blabbering for us. But so sorry this one went a little long, but we're we're gonna reference this these churches from time and time again, and we're not gonna go through all this explanation, obviously. Yeah. So we wanted to give a foundation of where we stand with these churches, so that when we reference them again. People can look back and see this is where we stand. This is what we think about them. And uh, even though it went a little long today, uh, we thought it was important to to really flush out just why we have such a problem with with these organizations. But that's all the time we have for today. Let us know what you think. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Dummies with Wisdom. To give us comments, ask questions, or submit pictures of other dummies you find in the wild, Email us at dummieswithwisdom at outlook.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dummieswithwisdom. 